1896, the U.S. Supreme Court made a landmark decision that was pretty fucking backwards. I'm talking about eating cereal with water kinds of backwards. Like eating macaroni and cheese with a knife, the Plessy v. Ferguson case made racial segregation under the quote, separate but equal doctrine legal. That's like telling an Italian person they can no longer eat spaghetti, or telling a British person that tea is officially cancelled. You just don't do that. Ever. Fast forward. Imagine a bright sunny day. Three men stand on the grand steps of the U.S. Supreme Court. Each of them are attorneys, and each of them are wearing a great big smile. They're shaking each other's hands, which is illegal in 2020. But they have done something to move us forward as a nation. May 17, 1954, the decision was made. Segregation in public schools has been declared unconstitutional. They ruled that separate educational facilities are inherently unequal. Many battles had to be won in order to get where we are, but one specific battle, the one battle, and by battle, I mean the Brown v. Board court case. And the one subject I will be talking about is one you might have heard from your psychology class. She was part of a groundbreaking study that was used in several desegregation cases. The impact of the research is clear. Chief Justice Earl Warren said after the court's unanimous decision, and I quote, Segregation of white and colored children in public schools has a detrimental effect upon the colored people. Unquote. Now that is only a piece of the statement, but basically, it's violating the 14th Amendment. Segregation fails the Equal Protection Law. This acknowledgement was significant. It was like the first time that psychological research was cited in the Supreme Court case, which is really awesome. And on top of that, social science studies being heavily used in a Supreme Court's decision. Wow. Mamie Phipps Clark, a psychologist, and her also psychologist husband, Kenneth Bancroft Clark, demonstrated through studies that segregation harmed black children's self-images. Her research on racial identification and preference in black children would help make separate but equal education a thing of the past. So hold on to your butts. We're about to dive in. Her name is Mamie Phipps Clark, and that is the Woman of the Week. So, just a quick pit stop. Over 100 years have passed since the Plessy v. Ferguson case, and 50 years since the Brown v. Board of Education. But the United States is still trying to figure out how to embrace the beauty of our diverse planet. As a podcast host who speaks about influential women, and as an American, I like to take a moment to appreciate the 100th anniversary passage of the 19th Amendment. That means, legally, women have now gained the right to vote. If you're listening, give yourself a pat on the back, because you deserve it. Or hug the person next to you, unless they're a stranger. Don't hug a stranger. Stay six feet apart. Be safe. Okay, thanks for tuning in, and now, back to the show. Hello, you beautiful people. It's me, your host, William, the man who talks about women. Yeah. So let's talk about the birth of Mamie. Not the actual birth, just the birthplace. <laughs> so Mamie, not Mommy or Mammy, was born, not the element, she was born on April 18th, <laughs> 1917, in Hot Springs, Arkansas. 
And it was a great time to be born because 12 days earlier, America entered World War I. Good times, that one. The war to end all wars. Which is true, because there hasn't been a single war ever since. In fact, there hasn't even been a single death since the end of World War I. So anyways, I googled the town, because to be honest, I don't know anything about Arkansas. And I must admit, it looks pretty fun. I would definitely visit. Some famous people are from Hot Springs, including Bobby Bones, Billy Bob Thornton, and former president Bill Clinton, which in fact has his face when you enter Hot Springs. Essentially, every Billy Bones Bills comes from here. It looks like a wonderful place to raise your bobs. And to visit on vacations with its vast amount of literal hot springs and the oldest Federal Reserve in the United States. Beautiful trees and landscape. And theme parks. Like, who does not love theme parks? It looks pretty fun, not gonna lie. Anyways, a little bit about her life. Her father, Harold, was a physician. And her mother was a house housewife, not a house, who helped with medical assistance every now and then. Growing up, she describes her childhood as being relatively happy and chill. And if you didn't know already, Mamie Phipps Clark is African American. She was born towards the end of World War I and grew up in the Roaring Twenties and experienced firsthand the Great Depression. So, all of that, on top of the occasional KKK rallies and lynch mobs, and then living through World War II, she still describes her childhood as relatively happy and chill. In a 1976 interview, Clark recalled experiencing a lynching in her town when she was only six years old. So she was very aware of racism in her early years. And I read online that Hot Springs, Arkansas was a tourism spot, which meant that there would be foreign visitors, so lynch mobs and racist rallies were not as common as other places because they didn't want to scare away the tourists. But racism was still rampant. It was just much more controlled than other places. Her parents were very encouraging on helping her pursue an education, so she was set to go, and in high school, she did remarkably well. Clark graduated from her segregated high school at 17, and she was smart, so she was definitely going places. She super duper loved school, especially math, and because Clark's father was a physician, they were middle class, so when it came to college, he could provide, but she didn't need it. She was offered scholarships to attend two historically black universities, Fisk University in Tennessee and Howard University in Washington, D.C. So she packed up, hit the road, and went to Howard University to study math. It's crazy to think that World War II hasn't become a global issue yet, but Hitler was coming to power around this time. In 1934, during her studies at Howard University, she would meet Kenneth Clark. A little foreshadowing there, wink wink. She began her studies as a physics and math major, but found it exceedingly difficult compared to her high school math level. Her now boyfriend, Kenneth, who was a psychology student working on his master's degree, actually was the one to convince her to switch majors. In her third year, she switched because she believed she would be able to pursue more opportunities in psychology as opposed to mathematics. I'm guessing he probably saw something in her. And she does admit that she was always interested in child development ever since she was little. So psychology seemed like a good field to do since mathematics wasn't working out for her. So she did the old college major switcheroo and switched it to psychology. In her senior year in 1937, Mamie and Kenneth got married. They would become work partners and couples goals until their death. 
1938, Mamie Clark graduated magna cum laude from Howard University, which is impressive in its own regard because... Although it's a historically black college, it was still uncommon for women to graduate from college. She would then go to Columbia University with her now husband, Kenneth. Wow. Her thesis, and I quote, the development of consciousness of self and Negro preschool children, unquote, was the beginning of a line of research that became historic when it was used to make racial segregation unconstitutional in American public schools. She would then go to Columbia University with her now husband, Kenneth, and their story is impeccably cute. They are goals. They would work together on many of the researching that would become her future life's work. Clark confessed that it was not until the end of her undergraduate years that she finally became confident that something could be done about segregation and racial oppression. In the summer of 1938, she was hired in a law office for Charles Houston, and he was a pretty influential guy. He was a lawyer and a civil rights activist, and people like Thursgood Marshall was one of the lawyers to actually come in. And if you know anything about him, he would become the Supreme Court's first African-American justice. So she was in pretty damn good company, and she felt that it was actually possible to end segregation in schools. I have to admit, though, Mamie Phipps Clark must have had a brave belt on because for her doctorate program, she decided to study under Henry E. Garrett. Now, who is Henry E. Garrett? He is one of those men who believed in a false hierarchy. He was unconvincible racist and eugenicist. So she was setting herself up with a challenge from the start. This man, this man right here, he said that there was a bunch of evidence supporting that there was a biological reason that blacks were inferior to whites. Now if you believe this, you probably think that stars are celestial beings and bats are birds. I don't know, your internal science is probably all wrong. If it wasn't obvious enough, his studies would become a political engine for white supremacists. Fortunately, he was denied by the American Psychological Association, so good on them. But one reason she might have wanted to study under him though was that despite all his beliefs that black people were an inferior race, was that he was good at math. He was a statistician, and she still loved math, so in a way, she was still getting her fix off of math. But maybe she also wanted to prove him wrong, that eugenics and racism are dumb and hateful concepts. And at the end of the day, she and her husband would become the first black recipients of psychology doctorates at Columbia University in 1943. And imagine the strength to work under someone like that, and then becoming the first African-American woman to earn a doctorate in psychology from such a prestigious school. It was just too fucking badass. And look at the former alumni from Columbia. Shinjiro Koizumi, Warren Buffett, Jake Gyllenhaal, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Amelia Earhart, Alexander Hamilton, and former President Barack Obama. Now here is why you may have heard of them, because this is their most famous work. Mamie and her husband, Kenneth, were going to perform a groundbreaking psychological experiment that had to do with dolls. Now, dolls are pretty creepy, but this was very vital for the Supreme Court's decision. Now, what was the dolls test? Well, the dolls test was the Clarks presenting children with four dolls that were identical except for skin and hair color. Two of the dolls had brown skin and black hair, and two of the dolls had white skin and yellow hair. 
And they wanted to ask the questions like, which one would you prefer to play with? Which one's the nice doll? Which one, can you tell me which one's the bad doll? The findings show that many of the children wanted to play with the white doll, that the white doll was the nice doll, and that the black doll was the bad doll. They did a test of children from both racially mixed schools and segregated schools, and although that the racially mixed schools still had similar results, they seemed to be more aware of the injustice of racial discrimination and were more actively upset by it. Dr. Clark remarked a specific time where the results were kind of really bad. They asked a black child which doll was most like him, and the child responded by smiling pointing to the brown doll and saying, that's the n-word. I'm the n-word. It's disturbing nonetheless. And Dr. Clark described another experience in Massachusetts where she would ask a child the same question. But the child would refuse to answer the question and would actually run and cry out the room. So that's when they decided that their studies were going to be used in court. The doll test was going to be used in the Brown v. Board of Education. Thursgood Marshall was eager to use the studies, but it wasn't all convincing to some people. Some people thought it was crazy insulting to try to persuade the Supreme Court of the law with examples of crying children and dolls, but the court didn't think so. The court thought that segregation was a violation to the 14th Amendment. To quote Chief Justice Earl Warren once again, to separate black children from others of similar age and qualifications solely because of their race generates a feeling of inferiority as to their status in the community that may also affect their hearts and minds in a way unlikely ever to be undone. Mamie and Kenneth would both testify in court in Brown v. Board educational trials, first in Richmond, then in front of the Supreme Court. Their doll studies were submitted as evidence in support of the Brown case, indicating that segregation was a dumbbutt's creation. In addition to all that, Clark was called upon to refute the testimony of her own PhD thesis supervisor, Henry Garrett, there once again. He was testifying that black children were inherently inferior to white children. Now Clark, the badass that she is, confronted him under oath to diminish the impact of his testimony. And what happened in the end? Well, in the end, those three men were shaking hands because they won. Schools were instructed to integrate with all deliberate speed. Just a little time skip. The Clarks stayed in New York, and Kenneth actually was appointed as a professor at the City University. But Mamie had a much harder time finding a position. She described herself as an unwanted anomaly, being a black woman with a psychology PhD. But she eventually found a job that fit her passion. She would work with homeless and foster black children at the Riverdale Children's Association. And in the future, the Clarks would open up their own agency. In 1946, they would open up the Northside Center for Child Development, and this was the first full-time child guidance center offering psychological and casework services to families in the Harlem area. Clark's research helped pass the legislation that ordered the desegregation of American schools, but we're still dealing with racism today and racial bias. Although segregation is a thing of the past, we still don't have complete equality. The Jim Crow era may be gone, but racial bias is very much still alive. And with all the things that are happening right now, we need to stand up for each other. Clark's work had a huge impact on racial discrimination and stereotypes. 
She provided huge contributions to the field of developmental psychology and the psychology of race. She received a Candace Award for Humanitarianism in 1983. And, unfortunately, Clark died of cancer on August 11, 1983, at 66 years of age. But we will never forget her. And she is survived by two children, Kate Harris and Hilton Clark. They remain very active in their community, and they are legends in their own regard. Thank you for tuning in. This quote of the week, this quote of the week comes from Sidra Fletcher from Manti. I love to see a young girl go out and grab the world by the lapels. Life's a bitch. You've got to go out and kick ass. Maya Angelou. And remember to all you womanly listeners out there, you are women of the week every week. Have a great week. And for everyone else, I hope you have a great day.